0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Board Podcast, episode 195. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. It was originally not going to be a very video game-heavy week this week, actually, um, I <laughs> to be straightforward with you the last week and a half i have spent uh, a lot of time watching vtubers for for better or for worse um and i i was gonna i had some thoughts about vtubers that, that i hadn't really had before based off some of the people i was watching some of the, the groups i was looking into um but but when i actually sat down and wrote up the notes of this podcast there's plenty of gaming stuff to talk about so i think i'm just gonna push that off and maybe we'll talk about that in the future maybe i'll just talk about it on stream or maybe i'll keep those thoughts to myself Maybe nobody wants to know what I have to say about VTubers, which is okay. It's okay for people to not know what I have to say about things sometimes, right? Anyways, (laughs) um, so in terms of video games uh, this week, uh, I don't really have a ton to say about Overcooked 2, but we did play more of that. I'm almost done. We only have like one more night left in in that multiplayer group. So I think we should be able to finish up with that. And then we can finally move on and play that. It feels like five, six months at this point um admittedly it's been kind of on and off depending on the availability of people um but we've been playing the final dlc i forget um exactly what it's called but it's essentially a dlc pack where they have a variety of different types of locations within enti- a single pack so you have like kind of like a holiday snowy area and then you have like a summer beach area and then you have like a chinese new year kind of area and i think what's been inter- most interesting about this pack um outside of the 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 halloween pack before the halloween pack introduced like a um like a horde mode in that game so essentially you would get to c- uh, cook food um as all you know as all the players you cook food and then you go and you turn that food into the uh the, the zombies or the zombified food uh and it makes them not want to like beat up your building or whatever you basically make them chew them away with with food essentially and i really like that part of the game um the, the gimmicks in this area are more minor it's not like a, an entirely new game mode um but I would say also not as well implemented. <laughs> um, like for example, the summer area has these like fireworks uh, that can, are set up around the map, and uh, and they'll be essentially set off, and then they'll the, the fireworks will like land on the ground, and you can't touch them. You have to use either a fire extinguisher or go around them. If you do touch them, it like bounces you around. And on on the, some of the maps where the fireworks get kind of out of control, um, you're you're essentially vibrating around all these these fireworks. Um, it's <laughs> it was a little funny, but when it came to like being the main gimmick of a, a, a set of levels it was it was a, quite annoying i will say um and then there's like the the in the chinese new year area they they are making like uh, uh i think so, like sushi was one of the things you make in there and um and they have like lily pads you're walking over and if you walk over them it like sinks the lily pads or whatever but most of the levels in this area are were, were fairly straightforward and fairly easy so if you don't know with overcooked there's basically a three star system for the the default uh the first time you play a level you can get up to three star uh rankings depending on how many orders you turn in um but then also you can do a four star ranking afterwards we're only bothering with three stars so we basically just go ahead and get three stars on each mission and um and it was very easy to do so and on that map pack so far at least all the ones we've done so far so we have two more areas i think left so again maybe like one more night and we can finally move on from overcooked to um but i just want to mention it i you know i think those little gimmicks are very cool um, but i found them to often be more annoying than fun so so i think they may have been able to implement something a little better but you know at this point i think any kind of ripple in the variety of that game is is good because you know for for all intents and purposes you're basically doing the same thing you're you're preparing ingredients putting them together and it's a hectic scenario and you're like having to deal with all these like environmental hazards and things like that um and so anytime they add some kind of ripple to that i think it, it does help it you know if not make it better at least make those levels stand out a bit more um, in my other multiplayer group that I was playing Left 4 Dead 2 with, um, we did go ahead and start up Sanctum as as a, kind of the follow up game that we're doing to Left 4 Dead 2. We I think I may have mentioned last week we started up Sanctum 2, um, but but after we played a little bit of it, there was like some interest to go back and play Sanctum 1 instead. And I was the only person that didn't own it, so I went ahead and bought Sanctum 1. It was like ten dollars, so nothing that bad. There's some DLC with it. I don't know if I'll bother with the DLC depends on how much they they care about doing the dlc um but yeah sanctum if you don't know what it is basically it's like a tower defense game you go around you build towers and then you know they have, have uh, the enemy waves that spawn and they go and try to get to your core so you want to kind of like set down these blocks to kind of keep them from just going straight to your core so you like set up these mazes for them to go through and then uh and then you have these turrets that are shooting them but the gimmick with sanctum is that you are also have the capabilities to shoot them as well so you it's a first person shooter so you can use a variety of guns to shoot at the enemies there's like sniper rifles uh, uh like a rocket launcher kind of thing um, some kind of assault rifle. I haven't used the assault rifle. I use mainly the Tesla gun. Uh, I use the shotgun for a little bit as well, but, but so it's, it, it's basically just, you know, a bit more interactive when you're doing the actual, uh, waves of, um, of, of tower defense stuff, right? Um, you can't really upgrade any components during the mission as far as I can tell. So it's, it's really just focused on you, you know, trying to take down stuff on your own while your turrets also are, are working at it. Um, it's fun for sure. I, I think the concept is, is, is a cool concept and you know, I think this game's like ten years old at this point. So I think earlier on it probably made a lot more sense. And it's like a fun multiplayer game. Um but but I, I do think it's a little a little straightforward and there's some pacing issues I feel like sometimes. You can do it in like basically there's like a series of maps that you can choose from and you can set the number of waves you want to do on those maps so you can do like 10 20 or 30 there might be more values in between there but that that seems to be the kind of the main jumping points there um and so we initially did 30 waves on the first mission but that was way too long to do that um so we 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 we, or rolled it down to like 20 uh 20 waves the second time that that worked a lot better um and but but i'd say the first half of the waves always just takes forever and i think a lot of it just comes down to there's just a lot of planning that has to happen in terms of like not only where the blocks go but what the best turn are to put in place you know what who should bring what turns before the mission because you can't switch out what turns you have um uh, mid-mission kind of thing uh so you have to like create your character loadout essentially i guess what i'm trying to say there and and so i feel like it just sometimes you just get stuck there and everybody's just kind of talking about what we could or couldn't do And, and you're just kind of like, I just kind of want to shoot something (laughs) at least, at least for me. Like, I, I just feel like there's times that I'm just like, I'm ready to go, but the rest of the group isn't. So I'm just kind of stuck there waiting. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I think that planning phase is important though, because, um, it's really easy to just like get, um, to to, to relax on like one part of your defense and and immediately have like half your core's hp gone because you don't have like a way to kind of compensate for it you know in the middle of a a match because you're kind of once you're once the wave has started your resources are basically locked at that point um so planning a lot ahead of time definitely does you know um i think matter a lot so so i don't want to say it's like it's it's not a Phase that doesn't have value, but I do find it to get a little dull at times just because of how long it takes. So I don't know. I kind of wish there was more flexibility early on, and then once you get to the back half, it seems like everything goes super fast because everything's kind of built out, and you're just kind of working with what you have at that point. So, so I don't know. It it, it just kind of feels like I I feel like the fat the back half is too fast, and so the early half is too slow. Um, it takes a couple hours, I think, to get through about 20 waves. Obviously, that depends on how much you guys want to plan, and you know, obviously, if you repeat levels, things like that, and you have a, you know a plan set up, um, then it probably is a lot easier too. So, I don't know. It's good. It's good fun. You know, it, it, it's not. It's not a bad game. I. I'm enjoying it. Um, and, and I don't think I'll, I'll, you know, have too much to say of it by the end. I I think it's a very popular game, so I don't think anybody really needs me to go too in depth on that. Same thing with Overcooked, I I don't imagine me doing anything around that game just because there's not a lot for me to say. I feel like that hasn't been You know, you can go Google Overcooked 2 and find, you know, infinite impressions of that game. So, yeah. Um, In terms of single-player stuff, though, I have not played a ton, uh, but I did go ahead and start up Solomon Program. So, I believe I mentioned it last week. Solomon Program uh, finally got released. It was on the uh, 25th of this this, uh, month uh, February, I guess this is March when you guys are hearing this, but the 25th of February came out, um, and is a free to play title now. So, so it's not going to be like a physical package that they're releasing. It is just a download you do, um, for free. And then they, they, you can buy coins that allow you to roll a gotcha so you can get monsters that you can put in your party. Um, so, so I went ahead and started playing that and you know, it's one of those things that it's like, it's, the, it's, it's part of the reason why I don't really like involving myself in early access too much. It's because I've played so much of the Solomon Program 1.0 demo and so much of this 2.0 demo that that I feel like I kind of have gotten the point of, ga- of the game at this point and because it is a free to play thing that doesn't have a lot of structure to it you're, you're more or less just kind of matching up for battles against ai or or supposedly people too I have not matched against a person as far as I can tell yet um but you know you're just kind of doing these matches and grinding up these monsters um at some point you know on my third my third you know startup of that game it's it's a little samey and I'm like I don't I don't really know what I want to do with this game and because there's no real Progression, as far as I can tell, or no, there's no visible progression of, of like you know what my end goal would be, or like how I'm getting further. Like in Puzzles and Dragons, there's like a, a list of quests you can do, you can just keep going up those quest lists. Basically, I'm sure you know they're, they're a, a finite number of quests, but you know, if at this point, we you play that game, it might as well be infinite <laughs> unless you're really gonna invest. Um, but but there's just nothing that really uh, makes it feel like I'm progressing that much outside of just upgrading my characters and getting new characters. So, yeah, I mean. I, Again, I think it's a really funny game. If you don't know what it is, it's like a strategy RPG where you have these little monsters that you kind of program with different AI routines. And depending on where they're on the map and how close enemies are and things like that um, to them, they'll act differently. So they'll they'll move or they'll do like a double attack or use special attacks and things like that. They'll heal allies. Heal, healers actually very, very rare, but they have a variety of skills that, that aren't just attacking enemies too. Um, and it, it's very fun. And I would definitely recommend checking it out if you get the chance. I don't know how... Um, I have a lot of patience when it comes to games. I feel like generally, you know, the, you guys watch me stream games, so you can let me know, you, you know when I get frustrated with games too, like industrial spy operation, espionage. But but generally, especially if I'm playing games alone, I, I, I usually have a lot of patience for them and I and I can kind of figure out the how they're working. I don't know how accessible Solomon Program is to most people, if you're just kind of trying to jump in and, and learn it real quick. Obviously, I've been playing it off and on the last like year, essentially. Um, so I don't know if it's valuable to kind of, do something where I kind of break that down a little bit to hopefully make it a little easier for people to access. But I don't know, just something I was thinking about, but, but I'm having fun with it. I don't know how much time I'm going to put into it though. Um, they did add an additional Tokodol girl. They also took out one Tokodol girl, as far as I can tell. There's only like 30 monsters in the database, as far as I can tell. And I think that is as many monsters are in the game at this moment, but there are some monsters that were in previous versions that are not in this version. So I don't know if they're going to roll it out over time or something like that, but you know, it's, it's still that game. It's still fun. They fixed a lot of my uh, complaints about the user interface issues in 2.0 where some of the uh, the displays that would show you how monsters um, you know are, are navig or what, what kind of determines how a monster acted a turn. Um, that display used to pop up over the play field in the 2.0 demo, which was really annoying. Um, so now it's shoved a lot more in the corner, so it's a lot easier to see again, which which I'm really glad they made that change because, you know, being able to see your characters move around and attack is really important. Um, and and, and the logic of why they move that way um, is really important for for playing that game appropriately. Especially if you're gonna trial and error your way through, because if you can't read Japanese, right? Um, uh, but there's a lot of visual elements to that game, so I think once you kind of figure out how it works, it uh, it it makes a lot of sense. It's also like a, like a test room you can do. So once you program a monster, you can kind of you know look and see how how it's reacting to different different scenarios and things like that. But having a good time with it though, I might go ahead and put some money into it. Uh, if you, I haven't played mobile games in a long time and, and probably by that extension haven't talked about them lately but usually what happens with uh free-to-play games in general for me is that i will i will play them without spending any money uh pretty much the entire time i play them and then at the very end i'll dump some money in and be like okay well thank you for your time basically and so so sometimes I, like with crash fever i purchased points for that game and actually never used any of them i just purchased it it was like okay there's my i forget how much i paid i think it was like 20 or 30 dollars that i gave them to be like thank you for entertaining me for three to four months um So in the case of of Solomon Program, I'll probably put some money in there. Don't know how much at this point. And, uh, I think I will probably pull them because I want to, I will, I will want to pull the a doll girls or at least get the full set of them. <laughs> that might be the minimum, the minimum requirement that I have for that game. Um, um, but you know, that, that, I think at that point I'll, I'll probably be happy with it, but we'll see. We'll see. I, again, I, I haven't played it that much. I played maybe like four or five hours of it this weekend. Um, so, you know, I would like to play another four or five hours at the minimum and, and see, you know, there's also like a daily uh, quest you can do as well. So maybe I'll check in on that, you know, so somewhat frequently as well. So Solomon program, I have no idea what we'll do with that game. Cause it's a live game. It's like, I can't really review it. Um, we could do another quick play of it, I guess. Um, but I've also done a quick play of the 1.0 demo and, you know, it definitely looks a lot better, but it doesn't play that different um and then uh and then i've done the streams of both the 1.0 and the 2.0 demo too and uh and i think this week we're gonna we're gonna stream a little bit of it as well i I just kind of want to put it back on 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 stream again a little bit um especially since with the 2.0 demo i'm only mostly was playing the tutorial um so i kind of want to show some of that actual gameplay of that game um uh running and and that's the easiest way to do it but but i don't know if we'll do something more uh specific later at any point um, yeah. And I think that's, I think I mean, that's all I have in terms of games I play that, that wasn't, you know, something that you guys saw. Um, so to jump into the news here, um, there's a couple of big, uh, uh, game event stuff that happened, although the, here's a little bit of a news story to, to kind of lead it with um uh, we talked about this a little bit on the stream but basically sony's japan studio is is for all intents and purposes kind of shutting down the exception being the team that worked on uh the astrobot games they're going to be they're going to be uh, continuing i think they're called asobi or something like that um but but their japan studio team's shutting down and, and this is there's been a lot of stories here and there for the last, you know, couple of years, I feel like, about, you know, what the state of, of Sony is in, in Japan and how much they care. And I think I think pretty much since the end of the PlayStation 3 era, you could definitely see them moving away um, from not only creating Japanese games, but also worrying about the Japanese game market, right? Um, and, and. You know Sony's going to continue to try to assure you that that's not the case, but but it just there's too much evidence out there to say otherwise. Um, but you know, as for Sony Japan Studio shutting down, I, I personally don't like. Yes, I don't like like them saying like basically further committing to not really supporting Japanese games, at least first party Japanese games much. Um, but at the same time uh, Sony Japan studios never really made that many games that I was super interested in they also did a lot of like collaborative work rather than like make their own games like a game like like, like for example they worked on Freedom Wars alongside uh, uh, Shift and and Dimps and like looking at that game you know and how how influenced it is by Shift particularly um you know i i feel like shift could have made that game probably without japan studio's help you know but but you know i say that as somebody who has no actual knowledge of what japan studio did with that game right <laughs> um but they, they felt more like a support service kind of team to me um and they did do their own unique releases they worked on gravity rush 2 um and 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 things like that but I don't know, it just, it just, there hasn't been a lot from them that, that have really got me been like, oh man, I'm going to miss this from them. Right. Um, that, and they've been kind of out of the picture for so long that it's just kind of hard to. To, to feel like well like oh it's more just like you know here's the death nail kind of thing rather than rather than you know there being that much of a change in sh- Sony's strategy at this point right so anyways uh rest in peace Sony Japan Studio or, or, or whatever you end up being if it's going to be like a uh, Nintendo software technology uh, uh situation where you know they technically still exist but you know are kind of a shell of them former selves after after their 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 last failed projects so so yeah yeah, uh, continuing on the PlayStation train, though we got uh, the State of Play happen this last week, and uh, you know I mentioned this I think the the week before with Nintendo Direct, or if I didn't mention it, then then I thought about it. Um, that you know Nintendo Directs I'm definitely always more interested in just because that's kind of more of the type of t- titles I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm, I'm more of a Nintendo first party fan than I am a Sony first party fan, so I, I don't really have a lot of thoughts on on those. So or or if my I have I have thoughts, it's more of like uh, hands off uh and more of just like hey you know let me let me talk about this game that i know i never play uh one of which being returnal i thought returnal looked pretty all right this is from the developers of alien nation and detonation um and aesthetically if you look at it, it definitely looks like the case like the the gun or the bullet visuals in that game are are very uh, uh colorful and bright just like they are in alien nation um i think this game looks all right though i think the biggest problem i, I kind of come over with in terms of like um not really having a ton of interest in checking it out myself is that movement seems to be a big part of it so like dashing around and things like that um, but the movement doesn't look as fast as something like Vanquish. So I think if I had to make a choice on a fast moving third person shooter, I'd rather go check out something like Vanquish instead. Um, but I still think it looks like a great game and it looks, it looks really, really flashy. And, you know, I like alienation a lot. I, I like Dead Nation quite a bit too. Um, and you know, I, I hope Housemart games find success with that and, and they're able to continue making games. I do worry about them sometime. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole reason they kind of stopped making the games they, they were making is that they weren't, weren't getting the sales they needed. Right right? I think they tried to make a battle royale game for a little while too. I seem to recall that being something that showed up. Um, but, but I hope Returnal works out for them. Um, there's a game called Sifu, I think S-I-F-U. That was like a martial arts looking game. Um, again, one of these games that I'll probably never play. Um, but it kind of, I like the aesthetic of it. It basically looked a lot like a Red Steel 2 in terms of how it looks. So it's almost like, Oh, almost like a Saturday morning cartoon kind of look, um, um, and, and the gameplay kind of reminded me of the Quiet Man, which I know a lot of people would look, hear that and be like, "Oh man, that sounds like a game I don't want to play." But the Quiet Man played all right. the The problem with the Quiet Man was the lack of sound, in my opinion. Uh, like, 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 I'm not gonna say it's a good beat-em-up but it is a beat-em-up and and once you have the sound with the with the fighting and the second playthrough i think it felt okay to play um and sifu looks like a game that feels okay to play um so i don't expect much out of that game to be honest but i do like the aesthetic and i think it'll probably play just fine i think there's like some kind of mechanic where when the character dies he ages to some degree or something like that too or at least that was implied in the trailer um but uh, the trailer didn't seem very gameplay focused if i recall correctly I'd have, to, I'd have to go back and look at it. I, I seem to recall there being a lot of like more cinematic cuts, but there was gameplay mixed in. So I don't know if the guy dying and getting older is like actually what happens in gameplay, or if that's just them you know, trying to create a, a cinematic scene kind of thing. Um, Five Nights at Freddy's uh, Security Breach is one title that I also thought was kind of neat looking. It looked surprisingly okay. I don't know what the gameplay is really like, to be honest with you. It looks like you're just kind of running around. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention Red Steel twice in this po- podcast. I'm really gl- happy. I didn't realize I was going to do that until I just about said red steel again uh but it's kind of like these amusement park looking areas and i kind of like that mix of like really colorful um areas but then like with a with a darker atmosphere because it's like a horror game red steel had a a similar um uh, area in that game that i always really liked and so to see that um i i, I liked seeing that in, in this game i i will never play this game as well um i've never played a five nights at Freddy's game in my life probably never will but hey it looked okay. It looks. It looks something that if if you put me in front of that game and said, "Hey, you're gonna play this," okay, I'll play this. Not a big deal. I don't. I don't really. Uh I'm not really worried about that so the stuff that's probably most relevant to what i would actually play is obviously the final fantasy stuff so um basically there's a final fantasy 7 ps5 version that was announced if you didn't take a look at it it's mostly just like frame rate lighting improvements things like that for the most part um yeah I, I don't plan to play final fantasy 7 remake anytime soon so i'll probably end up getting the ps5 release um you know it'll be nice that it runs better but i, I it was so slight most of the time that i, I personally was just like eh, you know yes that that looks like that looks like an improvement in terms of this video game but they're like they're doing a lot of scenes where they're like doing the like the the window pane kind of swipe across the screen to be like here's cloud before here's cloud now and like most of the time just like i don't know looks the same <laughs> increased frame rate i can i can tell that much at least um but yeah and then uh, in that in that pack they're doing a dlc pack for for like a yuffie specific episode just kind of a weird thing because like I mean, I'm not a Final Fantasy Seven lore master, um, so you can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't really know if there's any reason for Yuffie to be in Midgar that early. I mean, in the timeline, it seems like it's, it's happening you know earlier in the game like before what's going to happen in the next final fantasy 7 uh, remake release but i don't know uh, but, but i guess at the same time i don't know of any reason why she couldn't be there um, so so yeah maybe i'm misremembering something but but it seems a little weird anyways um i was really excited about this cuz they showed off deep ground in that trailer which is um if you don't know the underground military group that was in final fantasy 7 Dirt of cerberus and I do like Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus. And, I, and, and you know, they've been saying for a while that we're going to get Final Fantasy VII compilation uh, references in these games. Um, so so it's maybe not super surprising, but just to see it actually be utilized and be like, hey, here's a deep ground soldier in PS4, you know, <laughs> HD graphics. Like, yeah, man, deep ground. <laughs> There's also the, like the final boss of, of Dirge of Cerberus at the end too, but I don't really care about him, to be honest with you. He was, he was never really... Uh, a character that I that I thought was that interesting. Now if Gact is in the game, then I'll be excited. <laughs> but but yeah. So it looks neat. Um I'm not planning on playing that stuff anytime soon. The, the the apparently the the DLC is PS5 exclusive right now. Um but you get a free upgrade from PS4 to PS5 uh, at this point if you bought the game. PS Plus uh they they released it on PS Plus as a free game, but you apparently can't upgrade from that. Um but but I thought that was a cool a, a cool little thing that they um they offered uh for, for the playstation 4 users i don't know if that's going to be a common thing or if that's been common that you just get a free upgrade i feel like control had some things that was kind of weird about the upgrade process with that um so i don't know but it's nice that they allow you to do that but again i'll probably just play it once it, once i get a ps5 um, I will eventually get a PS5. I'm pretty sure that's the case, but we'll see. I don't know. I don't plan to buy an next gen console for probably at least a year. Um, uh, and in addition to that, they, and this is outside of the PlayStation uh, state of play. Um, they also announced Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis, like a mobile game. Uh, that's actually really neat looking. It definitely feels like they, they kind of looked at the the complaints people had about Final Fantasy VII remake, you know, taking too many liberties and being like, Hey, what if we made a more faithful um final fantasy 7 uh kind of representation of that so like chibi characters running around but like hd graphics and things like that um so it's mobile only but it basically is going to have a bunch of story based around uh not only the main game but also the compilation titles as well and i, th- I think the intention is that they're going to try to tell a complete story uh within that that one package uh, it looks very similar in in kind of concept to final fantasy 15 pocket edition so i wouldn't be surprised if Once they put all the chapters out, eventually they they will sell that thing to you on a Nintendo Switch or something like that. Um, but but yeah, it looks all right. I will not play it on mobile uh, because I just don't play mobile games these days, unfortunately, for a variety of reasons. Uh, but I think it's a very cool looking package, and depending on how they monetize it, it could be it could be a neat thing to play through. Um, if it's like something they charge you every chapter for, that seems a little extreme. But uh, they did it with Final Fantasy IV: The After Years, but that was also like many many years ago at this point. Uh, there's also a Final Fantasy VII battle royale title called Battle uh, for the First Soldier. Um, I was actually very. interested In this, I I like the battle royale games, or at least I should say I played a lot of PUBG and I really enjoyed it. You know that's that's maybe what I should just say actually. I played a little bit of Apex as well, but I never really got into it. Um, but I I I like um you know applying the the ideas and concepts from Final Fantasy into different genres. So so I know some people were like oh man this looks terrible, but but I, I like that there's like a magic system in the game that it seems like there's like a very even balance between shooting and and first person melee combat. It's not just like you know. PUBG where it's just like you can get a melee weapon, you can use it, um, but it's only like useful in very particular situations. In this case, it looked like you could do like full combos and things like that with the sword. Um, and that you could have like these kind of melee combat encounters that feel a lot more substantial than just who gets hit by a frying pan first, right? <laughs> um so I think that looks really cool. The biggest problem with me is that it is on mobile only. Um I don't wanna I I I I I posted about it on Twitter and there's kind of like a, a Twitter, I don't know. Conversation that happened basically, kind of about whether or not um, that is a good approach or not. I, I personally think that Fortnite and and PUBG being so successful on mobile probably means that it makes a lot of sense to do that on mobile. I just hope someday they put it to P- on PC so I can actually give it the time. Um, Again, I just don't really have a lot of investment in mobile at this point. My phone's also like five years old at this point, too. When I went to play that Castlevania mobile game, I couldn't because because uh, <laughs> my phone was too old. I was like, oh, dang. So, so you know, I don't know if I really want to invest in a new phone to, to play that particular thing. I assume it won't run on my phone. So anyways, either way, I'm not too worried about that. I've got plenty of other stuff to play. Um, the other thing that happened this week, Nintendo-related, although, honestly, I, I, I usually wouldn't talk about something like that uh, or something like this, is uh, there's the Pokemon uh, Presents, I think that they call it. It's not like a – it's technically, like, not Nintendo-related, so it's, like, not Nintendo Direct. It's, like, Pokemon Presents. Uh, and they showed off a few games, uh, one being – the or probably the most notable one being the Pokemon Legends, Arceus, um, and, you know <laughs> – it, it looks visually pretty rough. I think I think everybody kind of agrees to some extent on that. There's definitely some different you know arguments happening there. Of like, well, is it aesthetic or where is it like a um, you know actual issues with with how, how the games are running on the Switch or whatever? Um, I think that that trailer is enough. Um, Frame rate issues and things like that—you can look at it and be like, "This isn't really ideal." Um, and like, it's not like one of those things are like, "Oh, everybody moves kind of choppy because that's like what's intended" or something like that. It seems like things are just moving choppy because the Switch just can't handle this in, in this pre-development state, right? Or, or not pre-development, but pre-release state, right? Solomon program ran like garbage in the 1.0 version, and now in the the, the final release runs uh perfectly smooth so we'll see how it goes uh but it's more of like an open world uh a pokemon game but the big difference really seems to be um th- there doesn't seem to be like battle arenas you kind of teleport into like you know like like in other rpgs where you get in a random encounter and then you kind of end up in a, a generic field or whatever and do your fight there it seems like these encounters happen within the world itself um whether that's going to be a substantial difference or not is kind of a different thing like if you're, if you're still having the ba- same battle system, it just is one is zero and where you were when you started the battle versus one is, you know, a different place, but, but, you know, looks similar. Um, I don't think that really matters that much, but I'll be curious to see how it's received. I probably will not play it either way. Um, but it got my attention more so than usual. There's also, uh, the Pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl remake announcement. I, um, I, I, I again, this is one of the things like I, I, it'd be very difficult for them to get me to buy a Pokemon game at this point. Let's go Pikachu is probably the closest thing that they've gotten me to tr- try to get. And I might, I might play that eventually at some point, but, but, but like more of a standard Pokemon game, I just don't have a lot of interest in those. Um, but, but I thought it looked cute and, and, and I like the aesthetic of it. I know it is very much more like faithful to the original in terms of, you know, proportions and, and kind of, it was an isometric view and things like that. So, uh, there's a lot of people making fun of the little chibi characters. Um, but I thought, I thought it looked nice. Honestly, I, I thought it looked really really fine or i don't know if fine is the right word i thought it looked good i'll say this i thought it looked good you know is it pushing the switch not at all um but you know i think these days enough people don't really push the hardware they're on that aesthetic is more of what i think i'm more interested in and i thought the the characters looked looked kind of cute um i did see some people making their their twitter posts of like oh this is how you should fix it kind of thing um which yeah some of that stuff looks interesting i don't i don't know if you know what what you know <laughs> if that would apply to an entire game or just their particular screenshot they were messing around with but it's, it, it i think it's perfectly fine and, and, and in the case of this one unlike like a heart gold or soul silver which uh, was you know developed as by game freak um to be kind of like the 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 I don't want to say next big title in the franchise, but it was like developed as a mainline entry in the games with like fire red and leaf green. Those are like mainline Pokemon entries. Essentially. This seems more like a side project. They have a different development team working on it. Um, so, so I, I kind of personally would not expect them to be as ambitious with this project, but you know, I don't know either way. It looks fine. Um, those old Pokemon diamond and silver games are always there for you to go play. If you got problems with them, that's kind of how I feel about near as well. It's like, I'm going to complain about near uh remake potentially, but at the same time it's hard for me to say too much because I can always go back and play the PS3 copy I have of Nier if I really want to. So a uh, Pokemon Snap was there too, and that, that still looks good, although it's uh, just the same problem. Just like there's not much new to that game. There's, they definitely are improving on it. Like 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 one of the biggest complaints with the original Pokemon Snap is that There's not a great criteria for how high a a image scores in terms of the point values. Uh, So it's really just like, hey, get them in the center of the frame and get them as big as possible. And then that's going to give you your high score for, for uh, your, your Pokemon. It seems like there's a lot more categories of how uh, a picture ranks. And then you can also edit pictures as well. So you might not necessarily take a picture just to get a high score or something like that, too. Um, so you can kind of like crop it and things like that. So so I think it looks good, but I'm just probably not going to play it. Pokemon Channel, someday I'll get to you. Bah, 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 bah. Anyways, that's it for news this week. In terms of what's coming up, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of, this is part of the reason why I've been kind of the VTuber hole. I kind of burned myself out. I made too much content for, for, for a short period of time. So I had some weeks where I put two pieces of content out in addition to the stream and the podcast, which is not a good idea, (laughs) Um, but I just get excited. I'm like, I want to, I want to tell the world about El Shaddai only right now <laughs> um, so so you know i think i'm probably not gonna commit to anything i don't think you'll see anything coming up this week that's not the standard stuff uh so no podcast or so so you will get a podcast this podcast i'm here today right now looking at you um this podcast and then you'll get the stream on thursday but i don't think there'll be a video up today I, I might do like a small stream i was thinking about doing something on the side uh just because i had something i wanted to kind of mess around with at some point it's like eh, i could stream that if i really wanted to Um, So you might see that go up just as like a thing I do. But, but again, it's, it's not going to be anything substantial. Um, and I did go ahead and record some casual reviews in terms of the audio portion of it. Um, but I, I'm not going to do the video editing on that in the, in the short term. I, I'm going to focus on the other things I'm working on right now. But I did, I did work, just want to get my thoughts out, put them on paper, read them out, have that. So, you know, the video editing part doesn't really matter as much um, when it comes to my opinion on something. I do want to get my thoughts out fairly quickly, though, to make sure I don't have too much distance between, you know, the time I've played it. And and, and and when I'm giving you my thoughts on the game too. So yeah, um, in terms of uh, what came out last week though, I think we had the Tozan RPG, the climbing RPG casual review go up. I believe that was last week. So if you didn't check that out already, go ahead and check that out. That is a Hunex uh, RPG. We streamed it a little while ago too. All right game, that game is okay. Uh, in terms of what we're going to stream this week though, um, I was kind of wishy-washy on what to stream. I haven't really wanted to commit to too much because I, I kind of, I'm getting that 3DS capture card uh, back soonish, I think. I, I shipped it out, so we'll see how long it takes. I, I don't really know. I think it's like a couple weeks, basically. So we might just kind of have some some streams where I just kind of puts around a little bit. We kind of had that last week where I played Toy Pop, of all things. And then also we just played a bunch of random, like, anime games. Um, so this week I think we're going to go ahead and play some, uh, some Bowser's Fury. Um, so not the 3D World stuff, just the Bowser's Fury stuff um supposedly it's a pretty short thing like three to four hours long so I might stretch it out across two streams so we play a bit of Bowser's Fury initially switch over to Solomon Program for a little bit and then wrap up Bowser's Fury the next stream um I think it I think that when you if you try to like 100% Bowser's Fury it's closer to like eight hours it sounds like but I don't know if I'm gonna 100% it to be honest with you I didn't 100% Odyssey either depends on if I like it or not right I have not I have not tried it yet so We'll be jumping into that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it for, for stream plans right now. And then, uh, I think we'll get back to Kaito Joker, um, as our next stream game. That's going to be a long-term commitment. Um, and, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes again. I have to get my 3ds first, um, and then test to make sure everything works. We'll probably have like a 3ds test stream as well. Just to, you know, putz around with it a little bit as well. So anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControlReport.com is the website. If you haven't checked out my stuff before, for some reason, it's a website focused on games that have like a different take on a franchise or or a genre. And I do like podcasts, videos, articles, things like that as well. So if you like this podcast, go ahead and like it. And I guess subscribe as well if you want to. Yeah, that's it. Thanks for coming. I hope you have a great week. Bye.